0: Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Inheritance. Have you ever inherited any money? Would you like to inherit some money? What would you do with that inheritance, with all that kind of money? Would you pay off debt, maybe buy a house? How much would you like to inherit? Would $10,000 be okay or maybe $100,000? How about a million dollars? Would that be enough? And have you ever known anyone who's inherited a lot of money? What was it like for them? Money and things, for the most part, aren't bad per se because money, the stuff of which it's made, the the metal, the paper, the, the coinage, isn't intrinsically bad. They're inanimate objects. They don't live, they don't breathe, they don't do anything. They just sit there. However, it's the power that it seems to possess and have over fallen humanity that gets us into trouble. As we heard in Professor Egger's sermon last week, money can be stupid and we can do a lot of stupid things with money. In the beginning of chapter 2, the preacher pondered what man gains by all the toil that he toils under the sun. It's all vanity. Chasing money and amassing stuff only brings frustration and vexation. For those who chase money and things, the coffers are never full enough. There's always something more that needs to be obtained for people who chase after money. It's like crack for a drug addict. The high is never high enough the next time. They always need some more until it destroys them. And as the preacher describes it, it's like streams that run into the sea, but the sea is never full. And so it is for those who toil and focus on gaining more earthly things under the sun. It's all vanity. Or like a vapor, poof, it's all gone. There's nothing new under the sun. And now in this part of chapter 2, the preacher moves and ponders inheritance, What does a person do with all the money and possessions and stuff that he's accumulated over his lifetime? What kind of happiness does this bring to the person who's accumulated it? Or does it bring worry and concern over how the results of all his lifetime work and labor is going to be used? Or will it be wasted? And what about the person who receives the inheritance? What will he do with it? For those whose mind is set on earthly possessions and accumulating things, it will produce nothing but anxiousness and frustration. With inheritance, for instance, the person who has worked so hard in accumulating wealth eventually comes to the realization that you can't take it with you when you die. For the one who focuses merely on earthly things under the sun, this sort of futility can throw him into despair. What good is it, after all, to toil and labor all one's life and focus on accumulating things under the sun and labor and accumulating masses of stuff only to find out that everything he's got is going to go to somebody else when he kicks the bucket. Vanity of vanities. It's like a vapor. Poof! It's all gone. Death, dear friends, has a way of making people think. Because death is the great equalizer. It shows no prejudice. It doesn't care about one's economic standing. It doesn't care about one's race, creed, or color. Death is the great equalizer and everybody faces death. And sooner or later, the person who's amassed stuff in this life under the sun soon discovers that it's all vanity. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And what about the person or people who will receive the inheritance? What kind of people are they? The preacher ponders this as well. Some might be wise with the inheritance, and others might be foolish. Some people might be people of God, and others might be people of the world, only concerned with material things under the sun. Eventually, however, dear friends, whether wise or foolish, even the heirs, face death, and that stuff gets passed on to someone else. But the preacher even goes one step further as he ponders the vaporness of worldly inheritance. The one who receives the inheritance, whether wise or foolish, really has no skin in the game. He's not toiled for it and he's not worked for it. He simply receives it with no strings attached. Will he appreciate the inheritance? Or, like the prodigal son, will he squander it away? As St. Jerome once said concerning inheritance, one has the fruit of another's labor, and the sweat of the dead is the ease of the one who lives. Vanity of vanities, the vaporness of it all, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. And that's the point the preacher wants God's people to consider. Namely, that we are not to get so caught up with things under the sun in this world, but rather focus on God and the things above the sun in the heavenly realms where God is. The preacher points us prophetically to the source of wisdom and God's wise words. He points us at the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 to these words. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. The preacher points us to Jesus Christ, Jesus who came as the shepherd. Jesus who really had no skin in the game. We had skin in the game because we were lost and destined for hell and eternal separation from God because of our disobedience and sin against God. And yet Jesus, who had no skin in the game, really did have skin in the game. The father sent his son on a special mission to redeem for himself his inheritance, his prized possession, Jesus was firmly fixed to the cross with those nails along with our sin as he purchased you, not with gold or silver, but with his innocent suffering and death and with his precious blood on the cross. You were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ and now you belong to him. You are God's inheritance. You are God's heritage. That's how important and precious you are to God. As Christians then, we are to set our minds on the things above the sun, in the heavenly realms and inheritance that is already yours because of Jesus Christ. St. Paul writes in Colossians, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You have that inheritance above Even now, as we live under the sun in this world, it's easy for us to get sidetracked by many things, including fretting about money and things without solid ground and how God will take care of us. We live in a broken world and we have our sinful natures, so it's going to happen to even us. And that's why Jesus continues to bring us our inheritance. Every time we gather for word and sacrament, as we partake and celebrate the Lord's Supper, he strengthens and sustains us. He brings us his very self. He brings us our heavenly inheritance. Professor Veltz puts it this way concerning the Lord's uh, Supper. He said it's like Whitman's chocolate. It's like a, a sample pack. You know that little Whitman sampler pack where there's like four pieces of chocolate in there? You really have the Whitman's chocolate. It's the real McCoy. You're eating it. It's the sample. However, that sample came off of a 53-foot semi full of Whitman's chocolate, and that semi is barreling down the highway even as we speak. It's going to be delivered soon, but we don't know when, and that's the way it is with our inheritance. We possess it even now and Jesus continues to deliver his gifts of heaven and our inheritance to us in word and sacrament it's the real deal it's the real McCoy as he reminds us that he is coming soon with the fullness of our inheritance and it's more precious than gold or silver it's an inheritance that neither moth nor rust can eat away at it's eternal it's priceless and it's yours as God's people, as God's wise people. What then are we to do with this inheritance? Well, he wants us to ponder on it and thank him regularly for the inheritance, the blessings and the love that he continues to shower upon us as he takes care of us we can share this inheritance. Since it's a heavenly one and an eternal one that never rusts and never gets destroyed, this is one that we can actually share with others. For instance, like friends, when you gather together for dorm devotions, with our spouse as we gather for prayer and devotion. And this is an inheritance that we can pass on to our children and our children's children as we uh, raise them in the way of the Lord. And finally, pray. Pray. Pray for those who continue to focus on earthly wealth at the expense of their soul. Pray that the Lord would turn their hearts so that they too may receive God's inheritance. Jesus is your treasure and your inheritance. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. May this peace which surpasses all our human understanding keep in guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ until life everlasting. Amen.